Hi and welcome to the Girl Next Door podcast. I'm your host Renee Bennett and this is a leadership podcast for ordinary girls compelled to lead an extraordinary life. Make sure you come and find me on social media, girlnextdoor.podcast. G'day, my name's Emma and I am the founder of Pippin Girl. Do you have a teen girl in your life? Mamas, dads, sisters, aunties, teachers, counsellors, youth workers, we are talking to you. Pip and Girl is a platform and publication passionate about providing fair dinkum, wonderful resources to empower you and that bright young girl in your life as you navigate the beautiful, sometimes hairy, journey to womanhood. We cover anatomy, puberty, health, body image, relationships, but most of all encourage your girl to treasure and take care of that remarkable body of hers. Join us in creating a healthier world for the next generation of girls. Jump on our website, www.pipandgirl.com.au to check out our cool, fun and pretty resources or follow us on Instagram to find out more about who we are. Have a good one, lovely, and enjoy the podcast. Hey guys, how are you? Welcome to another episode of Parenthood. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you again to everyone that's been chatting with me. I had a friend this week. We had a bit of a laugh. She was telling me that she took her two little girls into a gift shop and she said to me, my sister must have thought I was crazy because before we went in, I was like, okay, now remember, mummy expects you to hold her hand and not to touch anything and I'd like to hear a yes, mummy. Anyway, I was silently cheering because I was like, yes, you guys are actually, from all of you who have been telling me, you're taking all of these principles and actually using them And then your mind is being blown on how well they work. So I just want to encourage everyone out there, maybe you're listening for the first time today, I would encourage you to go back and find all of my Friday parenthood episodes. The absolute crucial, crucial ones are the first three that I did on first time obedience because they are literally the premise to a lot of other things that I talk about. But be encouraged that people that are trying them out, it is working. I had someone else who wrote into me and said that um, that their child was is so stubborn when it comes to bedtime, and they spent I think they said about two or three hours the other night taking their child back to bed, and you know what should they do? And so I kind of just gave some advice, and I'm like, well, you know, if they learn to be obedient in the daytime, they will start to be more obedient around bedtime. But meanwhile. Every time your child comes out, grab them by the hand, minimal conversation, no eye contact, and just let them know, mummy told you that it's bedtime and I expect you to obey. Now off we go back to bed and I'd like to hear a yes, mummy. Anyway, this person did that again and said, oh my gosh, Renee, it worked. The next night, they only had the battle for 15 minutes. So anyway, look, they're not always going to be immediate transformations, believe me. Um, but it's really worth persisting. So what I wanted to talk about today is something that really, really helped me, which I think I tell you that every week because I'm only telling you things that really did help me. But I want to look at parenting from a little bit of a broad brush stroke, I guess, on uh, what are the different phases of parenting? Because it does change. And you would know this as a parent that with every new season, there are different challenges and we need to adjust our parenting. Now, probably the biggest mistake that I would see parents do would be to treat their children like friends when they're really young. Um, And so 
I thought, okay, since a lot of people tend to do that, let me give you the alternatives. And we're actually going to go through four phases of parenting um, and what ages you should be approaching different kind of parenting with your child. Uh, Because again, a bit like parenting outside the funnel, if we're using the wrong phase for the for the wrong age, then we can be doing more harm than good. And one of those is parenting by being friends. Look, the ultimate goal is to be friends with our kids when they've grown up. So, you know, now that Georgia is 20, her and I are friends. Um, but that's the ultimate goal that we can't start out that way, but we all do want to end up that way. And I think one of the reasons a lot of parents try to be friends with their child when they're younger is it could be a reaction to if they were perhaps parented out of a more authoritarian style and they didn't like it. And so they think, well, I'm not going to do that to my child. I'm going to be a friend. Or sometimes being a friend instead of a parent is a fear reaction because we really, really want our child to like us. And we think that if our child likes us, that we're going to ward off any future relational problems. Um, But it actually doesn't work that way. And let me just encourage you by saying, if your child doesn't like you right now, it actually doesn't matter. (laughs) And I know that's hard to hear that. Of course, your child loves you, but when we parent our children the way that we should be, they're not always going to like us for it. But you know what? They don't understand that we're doing it for their good. And it's not about whether they like us. It's about us doing what is best for them. Okay, so this won't take very long because I'm just going to give uh, you know a pretty broad overview of these four parenting styles. Um, and then we might have time at the end. Uh, I thought it would be really good to be able to share some of the questions that I get um, that I answer personally in my Instagram. But often when I'm writing the answers, I'm like, oh my gosh, I know these things would help you guys too. So, um, okay, Let's have a look at uh, the kind of parenting style phases that we should be moving um, through as we parent. The first phase that we should be moving or using is more of a leadership style of phase. Okay, now this would cover our child when they're from about age two to six. So if your child is between the ages of two to six, we should roughly be in what we call the leadership parenting phase. So what you're doing in this phase is you are establishing your leadership and your authority in your child's life. This is why I say what you do when they're two, three, and four will matter when they're 12, 13, and 14. If you establish leadership and authority in in yourself as the parent with your child at that age, then they are going to still see you as the authority figure when they're 12, 13, and 14. So it's really important. I think I said this in one of my other episodes, but when I was having a lot of trouble with my middle child, which is my oldest boy when he was younger, um... I remember at first, I think he would have been about two or not quite two. And I remember often thinking, I'll leave the disciplining to Cameron because obviously Cameron is bigger and it just is more authoritative by the fact of he's a male and he's, you know, this big six foot two. And so I used to kind of think, well, you know, I don't know what to do with this kid. I'm going to wait till Cameron comes home. And I would say that to 
my child, I would say to him, we're going to wait till dad gets home. And then I remember reading in a James Dobson book that if you as the mum in particular don't establish authority with your son when by the time he's three, you are going to have trouble with him when he's a teenager. Now that scared me, <laughs> me because this child of mine was so willful um, at that young age. And I remember thinking, I have to get a handle on him now. Otherwise, I'm going to have trouble when he's a teenager. Guys, if you hear all sorts of weird noises going on, it's because it's a public holiday and I'm recording right now. And um, my family is home. This is what it's like. This is real deal. This is authentic. This is what it's like being a mum trying to do a podcast. <laughs> Half the time I have to stop, rewind, record because the uh, the kids are stomping around upstairs or put the taps on, which is what just happened. But anyway, we're going to push through and keep going. So phase one, this leadership phase, it's not about oppressive leadership. We're talking about this is when you establish authority. Okay, so this is a phase where you establish boundaries. And then, like I said to you previously, the boundaries can give way to freedoms as they demonstrate behavior that they're responsible enough to cope with those freedoms. Okay, so you could consider this to almost be like the boot camp of raising children. All right, so your task here from the age of two to six is to have enough control, and I know that that is a very antisocial word, but right now, especially for, with, from all the parenting experts that say, oh, it's not about control, but I'm telling you, like I said, everyone I know that's parented this way has great fruit with their children, but if we don't get control of our child, then we can't effectively train them, okay? So if they're running the household, instead of you running the household, then how are you going to train them? So when I'm talking about getting control of them, I mean, you know, think to yourself, is my child running my household? Is my child running me or am I running the household here? Okay. So if you can't get control of your child from the ages of two to six, then you can't actually train your child into their full potential. And guess what? Neither will anyone else be able to either. Okay. So that's the first phase. The second phase after leadership is more of the training phase. Okay. So the first phase, very directed. That's why that first time obedience is very important. Um, minimal choices, very important. But then we come into training. Now this is about seven to 12. Okay. This is more about um, you know, stopping them when they make mistakes and making immediate corrections. It's about explaining the reasons behind why you do things or why they're doing certain things or why you don't want them to do things. Remember I talked about the why behind the what? So this is the training their moral heart stuff. This is the, um, I don't want you to run here uh, in the church foyer because, and you give them the why behind the what. So you're not now giving them a list of rules of do's and don'ts and mummy said, I mean, you still use first time obedience, but now it's more about training their moral heart. So I don't want you to run around in the church foyer because you could knock somebody over or you might hurt yourself because you run into something. So you give them the moral why behind the what. Um, so, you know, your kids aren't in the real game of life right now. They're kind of in practice sessions. This is where I would train my children 
oh, look, you name it, I trained them. You know, this is when, okay, we're going out to so-and-so's house and I expect you to eat everything that's on your plate. Um, we're going to a cafe and I expect you to sit there for a half an hour and play with da-da-da-da-da um, because mummy needs to talk with so-and-so. So it's just all about training um and getting them to see the why behind the what. So training their moral heart, training their character. This is when, you know, when they do things like lying, for example, this is why we have consequence because we're teaching them the moral heart behind why we don't lie. Okay. So I'll talk about this phase more in a later episode. Okay. So that's number one is leadership. Number two is more of the training phase. Now, phase three This is when we start to lift uh, our hands a little bit more. Phase three is more of what we call a coaching phase. Now, this is their teenage years, okay? This is 13 to 19. And yes, 19. So our children aren't fully-fledged adults. They're not out in the world. We're not their friends just yet. We need to coach them. So where we've led more by leadership, now we want to be leading more throughout influence. Okay. So whereas before it was more to do with leadership, this is what you do. This is what you don't do. This is why now we start to allow them to explore a little bit more, but we lead with our influence. Okay. So obviously by now our children are starting to step up in the game of life a little bit more. Uh, So it's almost like we're on the sidelines. So I guess it's like where before we would come in more directly, we would, you know, stop the game, so to speak, give timeouts and corrections and punishments, etc. Those things are being lifted a little bit more and we no longer come in and stop the game and show them how it's to be played because that was in the training phase. Okay. And that's past. So now they're starting to call a few more of the shots themselves And they have to take the natural consequences. So we're there on the sidelines, we're their coach, helping them out, calling out, you know, instructions every now and then as we need to. But for the most part, they're starting to make some of their own calls and taking the consequences. Okay. And so we've gone through that leadership direct phase. We've moved past the training, moral heart stuff. And now it's okay, guys, you're in, you're playing and we're on the sidelines. Can you see the difference? Okay. So think of it, I guess, like a bit of a, um, you know, your kid playing football um, when they're in the training phase, that's like the the after school training sessions where you're there in the midst of them, amongst them, telling them what to do, showing them role playing. But then think of coaching as when they're actually playing in a real game in, with an opposition team. And the coach is now not in there role modeling, stopping, starting, showing them what to do. But instead, you as the coach are on the sidelines, just shouting out, encouraging, helping, Uh, But they are in the game of life, starting to play it for themselves and starting to take the consequence of their actions. That's why we can't keep stepping in with consequences. Okay. Now, just remember, each phase is dependent upon the other. So if you have not successfully taken leadership in phase one, you are going to have trouble training them in phase two. Because they have not learned to listen to you in phase one, they're not going to listen to you in phase two. 
And the same as we continue. If you haven't trained them well, but you left them too much to their devices in the second phase, in the training phase, then they're going to have trouble in their teenage years. Um, life's going to batter them about a little bit more because we haven't trained them. Then they're going to have trouble when we do allow them to make some of their own calls themselves. And so each phase is dependent upon the phase before. Now, the last phase, and this is where I've just kind of hit this phase with with Georgia. Oh, this brings a tear to my eye. (laughs) This is a, oh my gosh, ridiculous. This is the, let's sit down come and let's have a coffee. I I say that to G all the time. It's our favorite thing to do. I'm like, you got time for a coffee? And our favorite coffee places around the corner. And so that's what we do. Oh my gosh, this is ridiculous. Anyway, um, but that's where you want to get to. You want to get to the point where by the time your child's about, you know, 19 or 20, they're now your friend. And all of all of a sudden, like me right now, you go, oh my gosh, I made it. I've got two more to go. Liam's nearly 18. But, um, you know, it, it does, it hits you, this realization, I like my kid and my kid likes me and we're really good friends. And for me, that was a huge goal. And I think one of the reasons, to be really honest, one of the reasons that I was so careful with my parenting and then I really read up and have been so intentional is because I was really afraid when I was younger that I would have a relationship with my kids, um, a bit like what I have with one of my parents. Now, I don't want to go into too much detail, but I do have a complicated, you know, kind of relationship with my mum, and it's not always a pleasant relationship, to be honest. And I remember just being so afraid that Georgia would grow up and get to about the age of 20 and just not want to be around me, not want to be home, not respect me, not want to grow up to be like me. And, um, 20 years later, I'm honestly blown away that it's the complete opposite and that her and I are really close friends. And she'll often say, mom, I look up to you so much. I want to be like you. And um, of course she is her own person, but it's just like the greatest compliment you can ever be paid. But you know, it's like, it's just so wonderful. It is so freeing. Um, And I guess what's happened is Georgia and I are morally and relationally netted together in our hearts. She has the same morals that we do. She lives her life the way that we taught her to live her life. All of the wisdom that we sowed into her for the past 20 years has paid off, but it's because we moved through those phases and and we understood those phases. We understood that at first we were her leader and we had to get control of her heart and um, and be more authoritative. And then we were very intentional in that training phase where I knew it was game on and we only had a few years to mold and shape and train her character, that everything that she did, we would teach her the why behind the what. And then I remember moving into the coaching phase, perhaps the most scary scariest phase because we're told that their teenage years is petrifying but it wasn't petrifying because we did phase one and two well and so she was ready for phase three and she got through that with a lot of coaching from us by the way we certainly didn't take our hands off we coached her through you know social media and the internet and friendships and boyfriends and just so many things we coached her through and then now we've moved into that final phase of friendship and it's an utter 
delight. So I want to encourage you guys that you have got something really, really wonderful ahead of you. If only you're intentional now. Okay. So just remember leadership phase from about two to six, training phase from from about seven to 12, and then the coaching phase from about 13 to 19. And then you will reap in the final phase, which is friendship. All right. Okay, we've got a few minutes left. So what I want to do is I'm just popping onto my Instagram and I've got a good friend. She said that I could use her name. So it's Lydia. Uh, Oh, must be on my other Instagram. Sorry, guys, just bear with me for half a second. Um, So she's got two little girls and... She actually said to me, so cute, she actually said to me the other day, Renee, I wish I'd known about some of this stuff earlier because I feel like I could have been doing so much, you know, of a better job earlier. And I'm like, you know what? Your girls are still really, really young. So it's never, ever, ever too late. Okay. So, all right. This is one I thought that might help you. So, and she said I could share this. So she was saying to me, okay, what do I do? What her girls tend to do, and I actually laughed at this, but it's not funny, is they will flop on the floor like jelly in public, which she knows is naughty and manipulative and very disobedient. So she's like, if they did do that in public, um, you know, like, what do I, what do I do with them? Like one of them is like 25 kilos. So if I tried to walk off with her when she was like that, I would literally break my arm. So what do I do? So firstly, we had a bit of a laugh because I did think that was funny. So there's a couple of ways that I would approach this because I did have a child, the same one I was talking about before, who, um, he didn't flop down in public, but he would throw the worst tantrums. Guys, I mean, he one day slapped a lady in the face in the KFC line. That's for another podcast. So that's what I mean. I'm telling you, I know what it's like to have a naughty kid uh, or a disobedient child, I should say. That's very bad of me to say a naughty kid. Um, So what I would do, a couple of approaches, I would try, um, I would bend down near whoever that child was on the floor. I would bend down near her ear And very firmly, I would give her an ultimatum. I would warn her, I would just say to her, you've got two choices right now. You can either stay here and take a consequence, which will be an immediate consequence, by the way, um, or you can choose to get up right now and walk with mummy and be obedient. So there's your two choices. Remember I talked about choices before, so I would definitely give her two choices really close, really quietly, and really firmly and calmly in her ear. You have two choices. You can get up right now and start walking with me, or you uh, will take the consequence, which will be I will take you into the toilet, and personally, I'd give her a a smack. Um, Ooh, there's that word. Terrible, terrible. But that's what I would do. They're your two options. Um, And I would make sure if that was the case, that while I was in that training phase with her, that I always had a stronger adult with me so that I'm not the one picking her up. So I think if you are, if your child is doing that, you need to be intentional every time you go out and make sure that you've got an adult, stronger adult with you who can pick them up and, and take them. Or the consequence might be, by the way, if you don't want to take them to the 
toilet and give them a good talking to or a bit of a patty or whatever, then the consequence might be we are going to get up right now and we're leaving the shop or we're leaving the cafe or wherever you are and they get and they have to go home and they go straight into timeout. So there's your kind of options. Um, the other thing that you can do, which is very powerful, and I've talked about this before, is always warn a child what you expect from them before. Remember I talked about setting out what behavior you want before you get somewhere. This is a big part of the leadership and the training phase. So I would, in the car on the way to a public place, I would say to my child by saying to them, today when we go out to the shop or today when we're at the cafe, I expect you to listen to mummy and to obey me and I expect you to never drop yourself onto the floor because if you do, there will be an immediate consequence. So you're just setting the tone of what you will and won't um, expect from them. I expect good behavior and I do not expect you to drop on the floor in public. And if you do, there will be a consequence. So you're warning them and you're putting it into their mind beforehand. Now, remember, if you are working on obedience all the time, during the day with everything, then eventually um, it's going to translate to when you're in public. They're doing that to you in public because they know that you're in public. They are challenging you. What are you going to do about it now, huh? Pick me up. Well, you can't really do that. They're challenging you. So if they're challenging your authority in public, it's because they know that they can challenge your authority in private. So the more they learn to accept your authority in private, the more they're going to be well-behaved in public. Um, I know sometimes with one of my children, I used to just like pinch his arm a little bit if he was doing something. I'd pinch it a little bit and just say to him, uh, you will stop that behavior right now. And of course, he was the kid that would always go, mom, you're pinching me. And I'm like, yes, and I'll pinch you harder in a minute. So it's like sometimes your kids will call your bluff and you've just got to be more authoritative with them. Um, so yeah, so I hope that helps. So warn them before you go somewhere and then if they do it, bend down close to their ear and then give them two choices. You either get up and walk with me or you get a consequence and then make sure you follow through immediately with that consequence. Um, another one, oh, what is 25 minutes, 24. I'll, I'll stop there. I'll stop there because the other one was very similar, but because um, I know I always try and stick with about 20 minutes because, hey, you're all parents and, uh, well, not all of you are, but most of you are and you need, don't have that much time to listen to long chunks before you get interrupted. Anyway, so I hope that's helpful. Remember those four stages of parenting and uh, I hope that that's helped. And just remember, just think to yourself, how old is my child? What phase should I be in? And am I parenting within that phase? Leadership, training, coaching, friendship. All right. Have the most wonderful week and I will be back with you all next Wednesday. Bye. Make sure you come and find me on social media, girlnextdoor.podcast.